Skin conditions from rashes to eczema and even warts are common in our kids. And joining me today to discuss the signs and treatment options is Dr. Nivedita More. She's a pediatrician with Stanford Children's Health. This is Health Talks from Stanford Children's Health. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Mori, it's great to have you back on. I was just thinking to myself, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about my kid's skin unless I have to if they have a rash or something like that. But I'm sure there's a baseline for all of us parents, whether it's things we can do, products we can buy, foods we can avoid, and so on. So maybe let's start here. What's a baseline to help better take care of our kid's skin? As baseline, I recommend that parents keep their child's skin clean with baths. They moisturize it daily, and they also treat it for any concerns that they may have. I also want to make sure uh, that they keep their skin protected from any infections, if there are any. And along those lines, when we think about you know, shopping for soap and shampoo and other products, what do we need to know and what should we avoid? It is truly inundating with the number of products that are on the shelf these days, and it can be very difficult to make a good choice for your child's skin. The keywords parents need to look for when they're shopping for skin products are hypoallergenic, fragrance-free, cleanser, and mainly alcohol-free. I prefer that these products be endorsed by the National Eczema Association, if possible, but that's not always the case. And it's hard to not be attracted to those that say natural and organic on them, Mm -hmm. but these don't always tend to be hypoallergenic or fragrance-free. So it's important to understand these key terms here. I also tell parents to use a cleanser and not as for their child's skin, since soaps can be very drying for their delicate skins here. Yeah, they definitely can, and you're so right. I walk down the aisles when one of my kids asks me to get something, and my head just starts spinning. There's just so many products, so many things. And as you say, your eye kind of gets drawn to natural and organic and so on, but those may not always be the best products, right? That is so true. That is so true. So let's talk then about when you have parents with their children in the office, what are the main concerns that uh, you're hearing about, questions you're getting, and so on? In terms of skin conditions, eczema or atopic dermatitis is by far the commonest skin concern I encounter in children in practice. About 1 in 10 children have eczema. And I do see other skin problems, obviously. Some of them include warts, hives, diaper rashes, cradle caps in newborns, you know, insect bites in the summertime usually, some skin infections, and acne, just to name a few of them. Yeah, we're going to address some of the things on that laundry list there today that parents and kiddos uh, come in with. But let's talk more about eczema. What exactly is eczema and what are the most common symptoms? Yeah, eczema usually results in really dry, scaly patches on the skin, which can be easily irritated and look red. The redness is a result of the inflammation of the skin. The skin can get itchy, especially if it's untreated or moisturized inadequately. Depending on the severity of the eczema, this can all interfere with a child's day-to-day activity, including sleep sometimes, especially due to the uncontrolled itch that can result from the eczema. So, doctor, if a child is diagnosed with eczema, what should we do to take care of their skin? Are there any dietary or hygienic changes that we can make? You know, 
The best way to keep eczema under control is to establish a daily skincare regimen, so to say, and actually stick with it. It is important to know your child's triggers and avoid them if possible. And it is also important to use some over-the-counter and or prescription medications consistently as prescribed by your pediatrician to definitely keep some of these skin conditions at bay. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned there about being consistent, that's the hardest thing with kids, you know, because they just have varying schedules and they can be difficult to wrangle, to be consistent with some of these things. But we, all parents, we just do our best. And I know that eczema can look like a rash, but there's so many other types of rashes that parents have to deal with. What are some of the most common ones uh, that you see and treat? Absolutely. I do see other skin problems in practice, as I mentioned earlier, some of them being warts, hives, diaper rashes in little children who are not potty trained yet, insect bites with the summertime coming up, and skin infection. Adolescents definitely come up with acne, and you know these are just to name a few of them that I see in practice regularly. Yeah, there's so many, and rashes, of course, are just so common, having had two kids myself, and just a lot of, Dad, what is this? <laughs> and I say, well, that, that looks like a rash to me. We should probably go to the doctor. Let's just talk more about diet, right, and trying to make sure that our kids eat well, that they're you know, mentally and physically well, and also to try to avoid some of these skin conditions. Specifically, what can we include or eliminate or try to limit in the diet to prevent eczema and other skin conditions? It is important to understand that eczema or atopic dermatitis falls under a group of conditions called atopy, which actually means allergy. I actually call it the cousin of asthma, hay fever, and food allergies, so to say. Sounds funny, but it really is. And, you know, studies are showing that children with eczema have a higher degree or higher rate of food allergies. But Food actually is not considered one of the direct triggers of eczema. There are other variety of triggers that aggravate eczema like irritants or weather conditions or other allergens like pollen and things like that. Physical triggers are definitely a concern where too much of hot water used during baths can trigger eczema. If there's a family history of eczema, definitely the children are more prone to getting eczema in life. There is no cure for eczema, but it can definitely be treated. Here's the million dollar question for you, because I've read both sides of this, right? I've read some things that said you shouldn't bathe kids with eczema too frequently. And then I've also read that it said they should have a daily bath or shower. So the million dollar question, doctor, which is it? You know, it's really important that baths are part of your child's bedtime routine regularly. I know you said kids have these varying schedules, but routines are important for children, and baths can be one of them. This clears the skin of the allergens, which can be one of the triggers with eczema. What is also important is to use the right cleansers instead of soaps, as I mentioned earlier, during bath time. I usually recommend that the baths be short, no more than 5 to 10 minutes, and that lukewarm water be used instead of hot water to avoid the skin from getting super dry. 
Yeah, that's all good advice, and you're so right. Kids are creatures of routine, and establishing a schedule and staying in that routine as much as possible, especially when they're younger, is just better for all of us. And I had this issue when I was a kid. I had warts on my hand, and I found it very unsightly, and it really bothered me. And my mom took me to the doctor, and we got rid of them. So I know that it's a common condition for children. What do we need to know about warts? You know, warts are actually caused by a virus, and they usually self-resolve with time. If parents are bothered by them or they're spreading a lot, there are definitely home remedies that can be used to get rid of them. But if they are unsightly, a lot of them, parents don't like them, children don't like them, definitely we are here to help with remedies for warts as well. What's the difference between uh, rash and hives? I know that we established that rashes are common and hives may also be common, but maybe less so. What do we need to know or what should we do if we notice our child is breaking out in hives? Yeah, hives can be caused by a variety of things. And, you know, hives are these raised rashes on the skin of children or adults, actually. And they can range from mild, like a few, to an all-body rash, which is kind of a raised tie-like lesion on the skin. And depending on the cause, one can have few hives or they might have a full-body rash. And usually, again, they self-resolve without intervention most of the time if they are few. But parents can give their child some Benadryl or apply a topical steroid over-the-counter medicine to help with the itching associated with these hives. Now, if their child has more than a few hives or all-body hives, then they need to seek medical attention to prevent escalation to something more serious like anaphylaxis, which can be deadly. Yeah, it certainly can, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. And you've said here that you know some of these things, a lot of things may self-resolve or there's some home remedies, but in general, when should parents contact pediatricians with their concerns about their children's skin? skin that does not resolve on its own in a few days, like I mentioned earlier, if it causes pain or itching or if it's oozy or crusty, it just just doesn't look right. You know, I recommend that the parents connect with their child's pediatrician. Luckily, in the day of telehealth and video visits and telemedicine, frequently I will ask a parent to send me a picture of their child's skin condition and make a decision to treat with either an over-the-counter remedy or prescription medications. Picture speaks a thousand words when it comes to skin problems, so we definitely capitalize on it these days. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, Stanford Children's Health has been at the forefront really, you know, doing telemedicine, telehealth. And as you say, oozy and crusty, those are never good things, right? If it's oozy and crusty or anything else that isn't self-resolving or we don't think we can cure ourselves, best to reach out to pediatricians, perhaps be referred to a specialist and so on. So, Dr. Great to speak with you again. Thanks so much. You stay well. Thank you very much for having me on. For more information, go to stanfordchildrens.org. And we hope you found this podcast to be helpful and informative. If you did, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Health Talks from Stanford Children's Health. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.